Welcome back to another episode of Sand Dollar for Your Thoughts. I'm here with Paula Abdul and Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Okay, please tell me. Let's, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Guys today. And I, uh, t- today it is the week of April 10th, and uh, there's a lot going on in the world. Uh, people are getting the vaccines. I want you guys to tell me something nice that happened to you this week. Something. Do you have anything that could start us off? I'm going to have to think about a nice moment from this week. Well, that just shows Dude, how depressing EJ's yeah. week was. <laughs> this is why I ask, because normally it's like, oh, well, yeah, this week sucked. And uh, uh, right. <laughs> it still sucks. COVID cases are up. So I'll tell you something that happened to me today. I have a fun little story. Yeah, hit uh, us, man. I was, I was at the car wash, and um, I was in the waiting area waiting for uh, my car to uh, get back to me. It, it took, like, 45 minutes because it was, like, a really thorough, I guess, car wash. And there in the area waiting with me was a guy on a bench and a woman on a bench six feet apart. And the guy starts striking up a conversation with the girl. And he's like, oh, so you got some tattoos there. Uh, blah, blah, blah. What's this? What's that? And they, they were talking. They were chatting. And then I witnessed this guy. So his his car is ready and he's about to leave. And then he's like, hey, look, you going to the club later? And she was like, oh, hey, maybe like got to, you know, check with my friends, blah, blah, blah. Oh, boy. Uh, so he gives her his number. And I see this happen. And I'm like, oh, well, good for this guy. And then he leaves. He gets in his car. He drives off. And then she calls her her friend on the phone while still sitting there. Is like, uh, yeah, this really weird guy just <laughs> gave me. His oh no! And I just got to witness that whole like train of events happen from the initial conversation to the you know ultimate rejection. And I just felt like this is a good little vignette, uh, Southern California kind of day. You got to admire the man for shooting his shot, you know? And I knew Uh, that was, he was, I immediately knew that that's where the conversation was going. You know, this guy isn't just chatting up this girl about tattoos for no reason. Like he's, he's got a point. He's got an ulterior motive here. Yeah. Yeah. So just to see that come full circle was uh, pretty amazing. I mean, I can, I thought of something that's probably kind of cool. And it literally just happened like an hour ago. My dad sent me a cookbook a while ago. And it's a bunch of different recipes that feature, like, buffalo sauce. So, like, there's buffalo chicken and gravy. There's buffalo chili. There's buffalo wing dips. There's, like, 13 different kinds of buffalo wing dips. Um, but one of my, my favorite comfort foods is deviled eggs. And there's a buffalo wing deviled egg that I I made myself. I had very minimal help this evening. Oh, wow. Um, and it was it was pretty good. Um, I still have a lot of work to do as a chef, um, but it was kind of exciting to just kind of you know follow a recipe, pluck the ingredients from the fridge, and, and make something on my own. It's always a satisfying feeling. Uh, Jake, did anything good happen to you this week? Um, this is a terrible time to ask me that type of question only because like, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) we can skip you. No, 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 no. Like it was a bad week. It was more just like, I felt like pretty sick this week and I was just kind of spent like most of my days just trying to feel better and get over it. Um, but the good thing that came from it, which I honestly wouldn't have expected. Um, coffee doesn't give me energy anymore. At this point, coffee just kind of mellows me out and just like kind of keeps me going. Um, what really was like a huge energy boost for me was drinking those emergency packets. You guys know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Those things, I probably drink like three a day to try and just, you know, feel a little bit better and have some energy while I was tr- in my like little recovery and this is just a common cold nothing serious or anything like that but i felt so much better after drinking those like shots of vitamin c that like i really just want to dabble into more like vitamins and see like more natural ways to just like be more energetic because i feel like that just feeds off me so much better as a person i'm excited to kind of dabble with that going forward 
Um, I might even go as far as like buy some books because like there are some people out there who just drink coffee after coffee after coffee. And it's like, I guess there's a different way of getting your energy than just a quick caffeine fix. And I'm looking at you here, EJ, kind of, because I can't see either of your guys' camera feeds. But that's at least <laughs> one shining moment for my week. That's, I mean, I drink emergency when I'm sick because it really just kind of, like, cleans me out. Like, literally, I feel like I have to pee a thousand times after I drink it. But I'm glad it was such a, a positive experience for you. Um, oh, and I've already told you guys this. Sorry. One last thing. I am planning on getting a dog at some point. I've been looking on Pet Finder, and it's nerve-wracking and scary to think that I'm going to be in charge of another life. But it's I'm really excited to finally own a dog and finally take this first step. So that's another positive well, thing. It'll be something we uh, keep track of on our podcast this year, the, the Jake yeah. and his dog saga. Mm-hmm. We'll uh, need updates over time. Hell, we can uh, even do list ideas for dog names. Yeah, we dude. Have two names already. But well, I'm glad that even though you know things are questionable out there, still there's still good stuff happening in our lives. Um, so this week on the show, we're gonna tackle another age-old question. Uh, sort of like the one that we did, I feel, where we talked about people who you'd invite to a dinner party. This is like another one of those questions that's like, a, it's a classic question that we ask our friends all the time. It is, what five books would you bring to a deserted island? And, you know, I want to give a special shout out to Jake because for this week, we're talking about books and stories and ways to entertain ourselves. Uh, last week, Jake promised that he was going to provide us some entertainment because, well, he didn't lose odds, but he volunteered to do this. So for our voluntary sixth book that we're going to bring on this deserted island, it's going to be a Jacob Conjol original that he's going to read an excerpt from exclusively for this podcast you're not gonna want to miss it folks this is this is great so jake uh whenever you're ready you can give us a a, a brief um you know introduction or you can get right into it whatever you feel is best well first off i did not choose to do this after playing the game of odds <laughs> with you guys we all felt that it was necessary that we all had to lose in some way ej had to call hooters Joe, you're going to be singing for us this week because you didn't yes, listen to is. the albums as our so quote-unquote punishment. Stay tuned for that, friends. <laughs> and then uh, EJ came up with a brilliant idea that I had to come up with a fan fiction. I'm running on blue cheese and buffalo and sauce right now. evidently. <laughs> um, <laughs> but the topic that you guys assigned me was – King Kong versus Godzilla recently came out, so I had to do a fan flick for that. And I decided to go with almost kind of like a little bit of like a romance with a ton of drama and conflict along the way. So to get us started, King Kong and Godzilla were like grew up as kids. You know, they were, you know, the Kong was the boy, Godzilla was the girl. Kong had the classic schoolboy crush. So he like poked fun and teased Zilla is what I'm going to call her. And, but it was like, you know, too shy to be able to make any moves or say hi or even be a remotely normal human being or gorilla. Not a human being, but OK. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I took reference from my own personal experience oh, on good. this one. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. And then um, eventually they get older, they fall in love, they get married However, once they were married, uh, Godzilla really turned more into Bridezilla, and they began arguing relentlessly and couldn't agree on anything. And what developed was Zilla developed like this, a bit of a drinking disorder. (laughs) And it was not just any normal drinking disorder, it was a nuclear drinking disorder. So anytime in the movies where you see... Uh, Godzilla like supercharged off some like nuclear energy. That's really her getting wasted, and it's after a big fight with Kong, and it ultimately got to the point where King Kong and Godzilla get divorced. 
But in the divorce, all Kong got was just some rinky-dink island that formed some storm clouds around it, while Godzilla got the rest of the planet. So we all know who won that side of the divorce. Um, going further into it, Godzilla was you know, on the rebound and started dating some other monsters. You know, there, there were a plethora to choose from throughout the planet as humans started to figure out. However, because of her drunken, disorderly conduct, she led to either like kind of enslaving or killing off some of her partners as time went on. Because uh, other partners want to wear the pants in the relationship, and she said no. Going forward, Godzilla quit her drinking, you know, befriended humanity as kind of like the, her pet, and things were better off for herself. And Kong had his own island, and he, he loved it. So he flourished there. Um, but eventually, it got to the point where uh, Kong was removed from the island from by the humans for no particular reason, just like in the movie. And then Godzilla relapsed and got hit with like another like nuclear energy blast. And that was also by the humans fault. And that was also referenced in one of the movies. Um, so she unfortunately fell off the wagon at that point and she became more aggressive. And then she ended up, Meeting up with another ex, which is the three-headed dragon that you see. I think it's uh, Godzilla, like World of the Monsters, and she she kills that monster, all because she had this like nuclear charge inside of her. Fast forward even more, and I know I'm go- I'm ranting right now, so if you guys have any questions, stop me at any time. Yeah, this is your masterpiece. <laughs> Fast forward even further, it gets to the point where. Godzilla and King Kong see each other again and they automatically have to start fighting because that's naturally just what they do after a very bittersweet divorce. But it gets to a point where it's Godzilla nearly kills Kong, but their divorce attorney luckily steps in and doesn't let that happen. And their divorce attorney is the little girl who sign language all day long to King Kong. And eventually... They put their differences aside because of this divorce attorney and officially take out revenge on this abusive relationship that Godzilla had, which was now reincarnated as the Mecca, where they fought together, got rid of it, and then went their separate ways afterward with a new mutual respect for each other. And thus concludes my fan flick. And Beautiful. Beautiful. Wow. We tied was... so many plot holes together. Exactly. And let's be honest, that could be a Broadway show right there. When are we going to get the triple uh, X adults only version? Oh, you mean uh, 50 shades of gray version? 50 shades of. With Kong senpai. <laughs> 50 shades of scales version. Oh, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jake, uh, for, for doing that. I, I enjoyed listening to it, and I hope you, the viewers, listened as well, because that's that was a podcast exclusive. Just as weird as all the other episodes so far. That's definitely one of the weirdest things I've ever conjured. Watch out, you know, bookstores and Kindle store near you for his feel, uh, great work. I feel like fan fiction could be a, a thing that happens going forward for all of us, so just prepare oh, yourselves, yeah. everyone. Oh, yeah. Honestly, like... I'm re- I'm waiting for you guys to do a nice little book review on my most recent story. Well, I I don't think I would be bringing that with me onto the island just because uh, it's a little light on the erotica. Uh, I need something <laughs> a little bit more exciting. Uh, if I'm gonna consider it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. All right. But, uh, hey, whatever gets you charged up, man. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> I guess we'll we'll hear about it in your upcoming list. But yes, we will. Um, so, yeah, let's let's get into the list. So our top five books that we're going to bring to a deserted island. EJ, you should start. It was a lot harder to make this list than I thought it was going to be. Um, I actually had. Eight books I was really considering, and I mean, we could do shout outs at the end, I suppose. But starting off at the bottom is a favorite book of mine. Something we have probably all read in school. It is The Great Gatsby. Oh, okay. What about The Great Gatsby made you want to bring it? 
Uh, I think The Great Gatsby, it's funny because I remember the first time I read it, I had no idea what was going on. Um, but I think the kind of allure of the, the Roaring Twenties and just the, the atmosphere back then, as well as the kind of uh, forbidden love. You know, you're not going to have any love on a deserted island, so you got to sympathize with the protagonist there a little bit and just kind of think about the, the happier, more fun times. Yeah, that's that's right. Unless you bring Jake's Kong versus Godzilla, then there's lots of love on that island. There, love Shaq. Well, apparently not enough love for some people not enough love. in the show. I would have preferred a bit more uh, of the love making, but, you know, I can't. I can't choose. You did your best. Uh, wow. <laughs> what are you going to bring, Jake? Oh. All right. Well, for pick number five, um, I went with The Princess Bride, which is actually in book form. Wow. That is a rare pick. Mm-hmm. So are you a big fan of the movie or why? Why would you pick this one? I'm definitely definitely a big fan of the movie. Um, out. Well, first off, I want—I just wanted to change things up because I had a feeling that we were going to get some classics is like part of all of our lists combined, and I knew this one would definitely be like a head scratcher for you guys. But personally, it's—it's it's a nice tale. It's when if I'm desert, if I'm on a desert island by myself, it's you know I want something more positive or optimistic. I don't want something too particularly dark like what you're looking for. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, I don't know. It was kind of kind of a curveball, just kind of a random pick as well. So it is what it is. For my number five, I am gonna bring the Bible. No way. Really? Yeah. No yeah. Way. And uh, my reason is just because I've I've never never read it before. I'm not particularly religious, but I if I'm gonna be stuck on a desert or a deserted island, I want something where I can read it multiple times and get something different out of it each time. And I think, A, I've never read the Bible, so I'm, you know, that's going to be a whole experience reading it the first time. But reading it, you know, several times, I feel like that's a work where it's old enough that it's open to different interpretations and it's different, you know, like it's... It's sort of like a whole endeavor to really read it and, you know, take notes on it and get meaning out of it and all that. So I feel like that would just like keep me busy for a while. It would be very interesting because I've never read it. And yeah, why not? I'm on a, I'm on an island that could probably use it. <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, you could use some motivation, I'm sure. Uh, number four. For number four, I went with a stere- stereotypical pick, but I picked The Hobbit. And I read this book when I was younger and like, I definitely forget a lot from it. So it's something that I would definitely have to reread and something I wouldn't mind rereading soon. Um, but it's a, it's really concerned that we can only bring like a handful of books. I like this one the best and Lord of the Rings is a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's just something about the Hobbit. There's just something about Bilbo's story. There's something about like the chapter titles and, you know, I also just re-watched the movies, and I feel like after watching them, like, I feel like I forget a lot from the book. So this would be a nice lengthy book to just soar through and, you know, another one that has, like, positive happy endings. And, again, if I'm on a desert island, I'm not going to be too happy about it. So need some fun literature along with me. And you've read all the books, right, at some point in your life? Yes, I have. Like, I went as far in, in sixth grade. I went to a charter school, and we had, like, these seminars that we did after school. And one of them was a Lord of the Rings seminar where we brought food, read the books on our own, and then talked about it after. It was a nice little book club. That's actually really cool. Yeah. Oh, I never knew that that was a thing. That's mm-hmm. cool. Um, so I'm going a nerdy route as well. Jake went with The Hobbit. I'm going to go with A Song of Ice and Fire by George R.R. R. Martin. It is, for those of you who are not familiar with the franchise, it's the first book in the Game of Thrones series. Um, Quite simply put, one of the best books I've ever read. It fits my favorite genre, which is kind of like the fantasy. And 
it's a comfort book. It's something that I feel like I could read every time and I can just visualize the food and the fights and the scenes. Uh, it's a very good book to kind of escape in and it's my favorite genre. So I wanted to pick the book, you know, Harry Potter, I considered Order the Rings, I considered, but I think this book kind of encapsulates exactly what I'm looking for in a book. And have you read all the books in the series or some of them or I am I am on book four out of five. Yeah, uh, me too. Ho- hopefully we get book six before we die. I don't think we will. <laughs> uh, but I'm on book four and I this is a very slow read for me just because it's not a hard read by any means. It's just when you sit down to read this book, you really need to sit down and read this book. It's not just like, I'm going to read for 10 minutes and put it down. No, no, no. This is this is going to take some time. Hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, well, I'm currently reading book four as well. And I get, go like on and off every now and then of just like picking up and reading a chapter because there's so much detail and so much lore in, in it that's like you can re- and you can really fall into the words and how George R. R. Martin is able to accurately describe the world that he has created. Yep. How does it compare to the show for you guys? Do you enjoy the books more, the show more? Wow. So before Jake says anything, I just want to say really quick, the show for the first few seasons, I thought did such a good job bringing the books to life. However, these books are so good. And there's just so much that the shows could not put into it. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, when it, it talks to like setting a scene, whether it's war, a banquet, traveling, George R.R. Martin is a magician because he can set a scene so beautifully. It's incredible. And I will say Game of Thrones did a lot of justice to the books, but in most cases, the book's going to be better than the, the screen production. I will say that I definitely enjoy the books way more than the shows. Yeah, books, you just get a lot more context and a lot more, you know, into the character's emotions than you can really on a TV show. A TV show, you only have 60 minutes to say everything about 100 characters, so right, it's tough. All right. So it sounds like you guys recommend the the books way more to anyone who either likes the show or doesn't like the show. Um, For my number four, I'm going to take, similar to my last pick, I'm going to pick a book that I would like to reread over and over again just to get, you know, different meanings and interpretations out of. And uh, I thought I would take a Shakespeare and... I thought about different ones. I think the one that I would take is probably Macbeth. I think that's one of the more famous ones and one of the one of my favorites. So it's a classic choice. Because like Shakespeare is just it's hard to read, and I feel like if you're stranded on an island with it, you'll eventually be able to crack it if you just read it enough times, and you'll be able to sort of get what he's going for. So that would be my plan. All literature essentially kind of evolved from Shakespeare, too. Yeah, so. it's, it's one of the classics. EJ, how about your number three? All right, number three. So as you all know, I'm a child at heart. So I had to bring something that was easy to read, light to read. And it is. It's a comic. Uh, but I believe that the lessons and kind of teachings in this comic are a lot more thought invoking than what it may seem. And I'm going to bring the Calvin and Hobbes series with me to this deserted Island because yeah, it's a comic and there's a lot of lighthearted fun with Calvin and Hobbes, but they also tackle some really kind of intellectual stuff and you you need to challenge yourself intellectually while you're on this Island by yourself, but also you need to have fun. So that's why I think Calvin and Hobbes would be a really good book to bring to a deserted Island. Personally, that's a fantastic choice. Um, I always love the jokes that they have in there. I always love the dad humor that they can throw in and a lot of the puns and how sarcastic they can be. So I respect the pick. Thank you, sir. Um, With my number three, I actually went with book three of Game of Thrones, which 
is essentially the equivalent of season four for the show. Kind of, I guess season three of the show and season four of the show are all kind of tied in together because it, the that book ends with the battle at the wall against. Well, I won't get into it, but it's definitely by far one of my favorite like Game of Thrones books. So I'll take book three. Now, why do you prefer that one over the one that EJ is bringing? Uh, I think just part of the story is just book one is the original, but there's just a certain level of escalation that occurs. So like I said, it's like the Battle of the Wall occurs there. I believe uh, Rob Stark gets killed off in that one. And spoilers going forward, I guess, even though the shows and books have been out for years. There's Yeah, there's just some more content and more enjoyable content that happens. Yeah, it's, it sparks a big debate for me because I was thinking about this too, like of the series of books that are, you know, four, five, seven book series, do you pick the first one because it, you know, starts all the the storylines and establishes the characters and it's like you're, you know, there wouldn't be a series without the first one or do you pick the book that, you know, has the best story, has the most like escalations and I think it's interesting because you picked The Hobbit, which is like the, you know, the first one of the series, but also you picked the, you know, a later entry in the Game of Thrones. Let me ask you guys this, and I don't want you to think about it too diff- I just want you to blurt out your answer. If you were to bring a Harry Potter book, which one would you bring? I think Goblet of Fire. That would be my answer as well. Uh, mine would be the sixth one. Was that the half blood uh, prince? Half blood prince. Yes. 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 Yeah. I. I don't know. Harry Potter gets too weird for me towards the end of it. I liked it when it was like simple and, you know, there's before the Horcruxes. After that, I just had no idea what was going on. Um. Wow, that's <laughs> pretty loud. Uh, <laughs> hey Taco truck is here. Uh. My number three is going to be, this is a bit of a a cheat code here, but I'm going to say I'm going to bring a blank book uh, with nothing on the pages because Mm. you can write in it, you can draw in it. I feel like there's a level of entertainment. (laughs) Jake's giving me a weird face. (laughs) The Robert De Niro face. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, I feel like a blank book is something essential also, you can, you know, track your time and whatnot, and but you you write your own story. I feel like that's important. So that's what I would bring. Day sixty four, I befriended my twenty seventh coconut. <laughs> oh, yeah, now now we're talking. Now we're getting into the good stories. Uh, <laughs> Joe's um, fanfic with the twenty seventh coconut. Stay tuned, folks. Uh, Jake, what 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 did you have for number two? I'm so happy you asked. I read this book a long time ago, and it's one book, and it's a collection of Sherlock Holmes like stories and cases. And uh-huh. they even based like uh, one of the more recent adaptations of Sherlock Holmes, like TV shows on it, the one with uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. They were just so fascinating to read, and they started off with the crime, and then they went all the way back into describing just how like. The very smallest of details is so particularly important into like this whole crime investigation or even the villain revealing his diabolical plan or like the motive behind like his killings or his crimes. And it really just makes you feel so interested into the realm of just like criminal justice or even forensic science. And it's cool. I love Sherlock Holmes is by far one of my all time favorite books to read. Yeah, Sherlock Holmes is sort of like the original CSI before we had all this, you know, crime drama content that, you know, everyone loved. I feel like Sherlock Holmes was like the original for that. Uh, My number two is actually one of my favorite books that I read as a kid, and it kind of got me into the fantasy genre. It's called Redwall. It is by Brian Jacques. That's a good one. A very, very good book. And I, I again, it's it's definitely, you know, meant for, I would say, 
teenagers. So it's kind of an easy read, which is a good reason to bring it. But the universe that was established in this book, which is a series, Redwall is just one part of a series of, I think, 22 books. Fascinating. Uh, Just to give a brief overview, it chronicles the adventures of anthropomorphic animals inhabiting this place called Redwall Abbey and the surrounding countryside. The quote-unquote good animals consist of mice, moles, hares, badgers, and a few other woodland species, and they are constantly kind of battling vermin, which includes creatures such as rats, weasels, foxes. And the characters were just so interesting to me and kind of the dynamic of this lifestyle of woodland creatures. And, it, you know, Zootopia, the Disney movie, kind of focused on like a utopian society, whereas Redwall almost it almost seemed real. It seemed like these creatures made a real inhabiting location for them. And, you know, with wells and cooking and archery and things like that against creatures that would typically hunt them down. Uh, Really, really good read, and it's an easy read. Um, So that's why I would bring this book. It's a good book, surprisingly violent, uh, considering that it's a book for kids and it's a book starring, you know, like cute woodland animals. I guess that, yeah, brings it to me. Number two, I'm going to go with It by Stephen King. And the reason is because... I mean, I I love Stephen King, but thinking about, okay, reading material for a deserted island, I want something long, something that's going to occupy, you know, as much of my time as possible. This is the longest book by him that I can think of. It's like over a thousand pages. It's very, very, very long. And it's very good. I think the adaptations either... You know, if you're talking about the newer ones or the the old TV show, they don't do it justice at all. I think the, in fact, a lot of Stephen King adaptations don't do his work justice. It's just impossible. So yeah, I'm gonna bring it. I'm gonna bring it literally. <laughs> you would so you would want to bring a book that kind of like is scary or I mean, a psychological it's, thriller. It's it's scary, but it's also. I mean, it's a story of friendship at the end of it. It's about this group of kids who go through something traumatic, but they end up stronger on the other side because they did. And, you know, they they sort of drift apart as adults, but then they come back together, you know, because of this thing. And I think that's the thing, like, people always assume about Stephen King is that it's all dark and scary and kind of gross and whatever but really there's a lot of heart in everything he writes and there's a lot of um like positivity there's it seems like there's always a well some of the times there's a good ending so on to the number ones on to the number ones but for my number one pick joe you already mentioned this one but believe it or not i will bring the bible as my number one and solid i haven't even read the bible fully yet it's an immense book. There's so much, so many teachings that go into it, and he, every chapter is something different. Whether or not you're looking for, you know, to dive into characters or stories, or even just to learn and be closer to God, or even for prophecy. If you go to the Book of Revelations, which is the last chapter of the book, it's all diving into just prophecy and what is going to happen in in the future and. Or if, even if you're looking for life lessons in Proverbs, healing in Psalms, there's a lot of the Bible, though, I would actually skip. There's a couple, I think Deuteronomy is one chapter of the Bible where it just kind of goes into just names and family lineage. So mm-hmm. it's not necessarily the most exciting thing. Granted, it's still part of the Bible and it's important to me, but I, that's a chapter I'm not like going out of my way to go read but joe you pretty much hit it like the nail with the hammer when you had said that it's like you can read this over and over again and get something different every single time because it's true there's a lot to the bible that not a lot of people know about and it's it's a solid read yeah i think it's good to take something challenging you won't be reading it knowing exactly what you're going to feel or what you know exactly the story is going to be it could take some you know mental effort on your part to 
dissect and decode it. So I, I yeah, it's a good pick. What what about you, Sir EJ? Your number I, one. Yeah, it's funny because this. I mean, this is not by any means my favorite book, but I just think this would be a great book to bring to the island. It would challenge me, and it's interesting because it's not the Bible, but it does have to deal with like gods, and I would bring the Odyssey. Mm. Read it in school, and I hated it. Uh, ninth, tenth grade, because I I just did not care. Uh, but as I've gotten older like mythology is i i love mythology it's become something that i've gotten really passionate about i love learning about gods and things like that um and just the trials of odysseus i think would just be so fascinating to read and it could be inspiring to my lazy arse on a deserted island you never know maybe i could learn something from it um but when you talk about a challenging read that could be inspiring i think the odyssey would be a really good book to bring yeah I second that. That's a good one. I wish I thought of it. My number one, um, it's a Western book that like no one's ever heard of, so I'm going to assume that you guys haven't heard of it, but it's called Lonesome Dove. Uh, it's another heavy book. It's about 700, 800 pages, so it's definitely an epic, but it's just it's one of my favorite books because we were talking about how it's maybe not wise to bring a horror book or a scary book or this is a book that has kind of everything. It has romance, has gunfights, action, it has suspense. It has, you know, really creepy bad guys. But at the end of the day, like it's just a epic, really sort of sprawling and, and captivating tale. To me, it's, it's like a, it's sort of like a red dead ish type of experience, but in book form. And it's, just written really well so that'll be my number one that's cool like i I like that pick yeah i recommend it it's by larry mcmurdy so looking for new reads but yeah that's i think that's it for our book list unless you guys have any honorable mentions that you want to shout out now uh well because i said i had eight so some of the i thought about aragon like another kind of fantasy book that i just really enjoyed reading growing up um, but i didn't want to bring multiple like fantasy books from the same era that i was reading a lot i thought about to kill a mockingbird again a very classic just form of literature um and i also thought about hatchet because you know <laughs> it's survival I, yeah I, it is survival so it's kind of like a a guide well at the end of the day we're stuck on a remote island so at one point in time we will probably use up all the pieces of paper from all these books to keep our fires going and or use them and carve them out to hide some valuables inside these books. So those are my final thoughts on the matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically you're saying, yeah, all your books are inevitably firewood. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what you pick. Damn, pick wow. something with a lot of pages. <laughs> Jeez Louise. Well, like, let's be honest. If any one of us fell onto a desert island with these five books in hand, like, do you really think you could survive without, like, being able to quick start a fire? And, like, you wouldn't be able to quick start a fire without some kind of, like, brush kindling. So you, you're saying those books would make it all the way to the end? Which which book out of your five would you get rid of first? Uh, I don't know. Probably it, because it's the most pages. i I, would like rip it in half i'd like take the the first or second half and start a fire with it strong man joe apatow just ripping books in half for us Uh, love to see that uh i'd probably burn princess bride yeah that makes sense i feel like bad things are going to happen to you if you burn the bible so yeah (laughs) yeah you can't yeah do not burn the bible please uh geez louise (laughs) Be out of mine. I feel like I could. Ah, uh, man. Probably Great Gatsby. Yeah. Just think about the horrible film version, and then you'll have your. Uh, my your my my rage will be enough to burn. Hey. I'll start a fire with the steam coming out of my ears. Hey, Tobey Maguire was tremendously awkward in that film. I love Tobey Maguire. <laughs> People need to chill about Tobey Maguire. Seriously, the man is just trying his best. I think that's going to bring us to our music discussion now, which you guys are going to lead because I did not listen to anything. 
Uh, well, actually, I'm pretty sure you're was... going to leave. <laughs> uh, because Jake on, had dude. to do some fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And for those of you that do not remember, I asked Hooters for an internship. Jake did fan fiction. And Joe has to sing. So yeah. Joe is going to sing a melody for us. And that will lead us very nicely into a wonderful discussion between two elegant gentlemen, me and Jake, of the music we listened to this week. Correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but I believe I'm right about this. You're you're singing for a solid three minutes straight. <laughs> I'm singing. Okay, I'm gonna sing you something, and then if you guys love it, I'll keep going. But I've only prepared, you know, a certain amount because I think it's powerful. I think it's very moving. Um, I don't want to spoil what I'm gonna sing. I think we said it last week, but. Yeah, I don't want to ruin it. So, you know, with that being said, maybe I'll just, you know, go for it. I'm going to mute myself so you can belt it out, my friend. You know, break a leg. Here we go, my friends. Uh, Get ready for the performance of a lifetime. Woo, yeah. Get ready. Okay, I got to watch the video. All right, here it comes. 7 a.m., waking up in the morning. Got to be fresh. Got to go downstairs. Got to have my bowl. Got to have cereal. Seeing everything. The time is going. Ticking on and on. Everybody's rushing. Got to get down to the bus stop. Got to catch my bus. I see my friends in the front seat. Sitting in the back seat. Got to meet my Which seat can I take? Here we go. Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Friday, Friday, down on Friday. Everybody's looking forward to the weekend. Party and party and yeah, and party and yeah, fun, fun, fun to the weekend. All right, I think that's. About enough of that. That was good. That was good. I'll give you props, man. That was beautiful. I mean, I can I can sing the whole album if you're if you're interested, but no, that, uh, that was beautiful, man. That yeah. was that was. I'll give you credit. You know, we we enjoyed that. Yeah, but I'm proud of you. That was that was spectacular. It's a hard song to sing. That's all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all you Rebecca like, Black haters, think about it next time. It's like almost a, a freaking rap. It just goes like goes fast. But that, that's what was asked of me. Now I leave it up to you two because uh, I didn't listen to anything. So I'm just a, a, an observer. All right, Jake. Well, we might as well start with our, our group album. Uh, okay. I'm just gonna pull- we, we rewarded ourselves with our, our individual albums. So the group album was the uh, experience this week. It was. Um, do you want to start off? I, I, I'll let you start off. I, I will introduce it for you. It came out okay. in 2004 by the group Kareem. And it's not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, it's cream, like whipped cream. And it's called Disraeli Gears. Mm-hmm. Uh, Honestly, I was a fan. Even though it was another like cl- oldie classic rock and roll style. Like I think um, Sunshine of Your Love was definitely one of my favorites. Um, oh, yeah, that's a good and, one. Oh, Judd, have you listened to this group before? Yeah, this, I mean, Eric Clapton and cream have been i mean they're pretty regular features on guitar hero games so i've heard of sunshine of your love i don't know if there was what other songs were on this one but like i'm pretty sure there's a good one called cocaine eventually that they do not on this particular album on no. this one no well anyways yeah no I, it was a good listen for me this week um particularly it's like again i was kind of recovering from sickness and I was hopped up on vitamin C and just super energized. So it's like, I probably could listen to anything and just enjoyed it. But this, no, for some reason I like the beats. I like, I just liked it. I don't think there's any other way to describe it other than the fact that it was just good. It was, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. It was awesome. It was a good, good album. We'll give this one a nine out of 10 this week. Wow. Wow. Holy shit. I liked it. I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. It did not. I, I, I thought it was unique. I thought it was a really unique listen. And I can understand why a listener could enjoy this. I just myself don't think 
it's what I look for in music personally, but I believe that it's something that it's very appealing to the people who like the genre. For me, it's a 5 out of 10 because, again, I, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I would agree on the favorite song. I will agree on that because they get you hooked pretty early in the album. Um, the version I listened to on Spotify was 40 songs, two hours long. What? No, yeah. that's definitely not it. It was only yeah. like... And maybe, I'm pretty sure it's only 12 songs. Well, maybe you listen to like the deluxe. I or... did the deluxe, and there was a lot of mono versions and demo versions. Yeah. Previously unreleased BBC session. It was a lot, and maybe <laughs> that's on me. So that's probably part of. I'm very ooh, very, um, but it was it was it was not at all close to the worst I've ever listened to. But it wasn't near the best I've listened to either. But you need to do yourself a favor. Go on YouTube and listen. Start listening to your albums on YouTube so you won't get another deluxe 40 song album again. I, maybe, yeah, I can research my albums a little bit better before I listen to it, I guess. But I, I got to experience a lot of different things, I will tell you. I will say. That's great. I'm glad you can enjoy 40 songs because I couldn't. I couldn't I, sit there. Oh my God, man. But what did you listen to for your individual album? All right. So this, I'll, I'll start right out. It's a 9 out of 10 before I even introduce the album. It is. The Carter 2 by my man Lil Wayne. And the reason it gets a 9 out of 10 is because I actually think my favorite album of his is either the Carter 3 or the Carter 4. Those are perfect 10 out of 10s for me. This one is just like a step, like a step underneath it. Um, The problem with this album, and one of my biggest gripes, is... And this is not the deluxe edition. This is just regular. It's a long. It's a long album. You know, sometimes with these longer albums, like I've never been like the skits. It's like, oh my god. Um, but it was an hour and fifteen minutes, which isn't terrible. It's not terrible, but that's still it's a long album. Yeah, too long um, for, for my liking. I really like Money on My Mind. I like Fireman. It's just. I've always been a fan of Lil Wayne's kind of style of rap. Um, Every song had a really good beat that I enjoyed listening to. I was cooking to it. I was driving to it. You could work out to it. So pretty much the music that I like to look for and listen to. And uh, just Lil Wayne to me has always been entertaining. Like his music is entertaining. So this album kind of delivered on everything I was looking for. I was always a fan of Carter Three. I think that was definitely my number one Lil Wayne album of all time. That that, that was like one, was that the one with the baby on the cover with the yeah. yes mm-hmm. yes that was a that was a good one. And like I'm pretty sure that was like peak level middle school for us at the time when that album that was, came, it came out. out in 2008. So mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> that was a good time. Yeah, but Car- Carter Two is pretty good. Um, <clears throat> I ended up listening to uh, some Green Day for the album of my choice. And I listened to their album called Dookie. Um, this one, <coughs> excuse me, uh, had, it was classic Green Day. And I'm a big fan of Green Day. I listen to them constantly still. And the songs that stood out to me the most was Welcome to Paradise and When I Come Around. Um, those were by far the best of the album. So again, this is another eight out of 10 for me this week and i'm very very happy that i got a good couple of albums to listen to for once um yeah it's still no 10 out of 10s from either of you guys yeah it's i'm pretty particular like who gets a 10 like it really has to hit and really has to be good i i feel like maybe i I thought i gave one 10 to one might have given a 10 out of 10 I, I'm just I agree with you. A ten should be special. You know, saying that I think I've given two tens, but you know, who knows? Interesting how when both of your albums are good, it makes each of the albums easier to listen to. I know that sounds so interesting to say, but mm-hmm. when you have one terrible album, it brings down the other album. For me. For me. Uh so to have two good albums I think just is it's a it's a great feeling. I'll, I'll just say I've I'm still I've still been listening to Kendrick Lamar for the past week. The same album, or have you listened to new ones? 
I've been listening to just the podcast that I told you guys about last week, just dissecting his works. Because I just think it's so interesting to hear about the words behind the music and the thoughts behind it, production, all that. Uh, I I feel like we've said a lot and we've told some good stories. We've sang some good songs this week. Are there any closing thoughts that we want to impart onto our, you know, friends, family, listeners, enemies? Uh, yes. Um, I just want to go out there and say, EJ, your beard is very stunning. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's, it's been a the pride of my my existence since lockdown. I I want to give a moment to shout out, rest in peace to DMX. I will. Uh, yes. I'll miss him. Yeah. It's crazy. He was only 50 years old. Yeah. Unfortunately, X ain't going to give it to you no more. Nope. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's correct. Uh, well, <laughs> with that oh, rousing sentiment, oh, no. uh, well, I will say, on behalf of Sand Dollar for your thoughts, Leo later. Leo later. Oh, God. Leo later. <laughs>